You're listening to audio from Calvary Baptist Church of Port Austin. If you'd like to check out more resources or learn more about us, please visit cbcportaustin.org. As I was praying about um, what to preach on for the first message of 2021, in the past, I've often, um, you'd think like, hey, start a new series at the first Sunday of 2021, but I kind of like just leaving this Sunday open for whatever God might be kind of working in my heart, especially over the final weeks of a, of a year, and just thinking it through. And, and man, I wrestled with a lot, and Shannon can tell you, I was throwing different ideas at her and different things that I was praying about and wanting to share. Um, some years I've started with seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and make that a priority. Some years I've started with one thing is necessary, um, worship in Luke chapter 10. And then last year, if you remember, I started with our, our vision and mission as a church. Um, but this year as I was praying about it, the Lord just kept bringing me back to actually one word in, in particular, and it was patience, um, that we just really need patience this year. And, and I was trying to think, okay, there's a lot of ways I could talk about patience. Um, I don't, it's not really exciting to start a new year out, but I mean, that's just kind of what he kept. And as I kept praying and kind of seeking and asking, um, he led me to walk worthy where um, Paul talks about walking with patience. And it just reminded me of Ephesians. And when we went through Ephesians and just the, the story as a whole just kind of really captivated me as I thought about this. Because here's the thing. Many of us are going to be tempted right now to put our hope in 2021. Right? <laughs> 2020 was garbage, but man, it's a new year. And I've seen so many people like posting and sharing like, man, how terrible was last year? But man, this year it's going to be better. And it's like, we, we really don't know that. Like 2021 could be garbage. It could be way worse than 2020. And so we shouldn't put our hope in 2021. Um, but here's what I think may have happened in 2020. And as we enter into this year, we don't know what's coming. But, but here's what I think may have happened with everything going on is we could have got really caught up in, in the, the stories um, that maybe the media is telling us or maybe we're seeing on Facebook and we're really caught up in the coronavirus and, and the way it's, it's hitting our country specifically and maybe our neighborhood specifically. And, and we got caught up in politics. And we got caught up in all these little things. And I think sometimes it's really easy for us to get sucked into that, kind of suck down a rabbit hole as Christians and forget that we are part of a bigger story. That God is writing a story and, and he knows the ending and he's given us a glimpse of how it ends. But nothing in 2020 took God by surprise. And nothing in 2021 is going to take him by surprise. And, and one of the things that I, I often tell you as we kind of walk through Ephesians, and I'm always telling you this, is that you need to preach the gospel to yourself every day to remind yourself that you are part of a bigger story. And then see, it's truths like this, the good news that Jesus died for our sins and rose again to reconcile us to God. It's truths like that that put weight in your boat and wind in your sail, no matter what's happening, no matter what storm comes. It's the gospel, which is why I read Ephesians 2 earlier, to remind you of the gospel, to remind you of God's story. I mean, think about this. As, as we walked through Ephesians, we saw this. And one of the, the cool things about Ephesians is... Um, when you preach through a book like that, I don't always remember every single message specifically, um, perfectly, but I remember Ephesians, like the, the message of Ephesians, and, and it's really cool, and I just want to remind you again, in chapter 1, we learn that we were chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit, and that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's how Paul starts off his letter. What an awesome reminder, even in 2020, even in 2021. 
Hey, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. And guess what? God knew you were going to be born so that you'd have to live through 2020. So he has a purpose for you in 2020 and 2021. Chapter 2, we just saw our hopeless condition before Christ and how God being rich in mercy saved us. And notice he didn't just save us to sit in a pew, right? He didn't just save us and then zap us into heaven. It says he saved us unto good works or for good works, which he prepared beforehand. What does that mean? Before eternity. Like when God chose you and and decided to save you, he had good works prepared for you to walk in, good works that I can't walk in. You've been uniquely wired and and uniquely placed in your location, in your time, with your gifts and talents for the good works that he has prepared for you. I mean, how awesome is that to wake up every day and say, God's got good works for me today. They might be simple ones, like being kind. Might be big ones, like, like maybe helping someone who's really, really struggling and you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. But God has good works every single day. And then in chapters, the end of two and kind of walking into three, we see the amazing mystery of the church. And how the gospel brings Jews and Gentiles together in Christ. And now he's using the church to display the manifold wisdom um, to the cosmic authorities and rulers in heavenly places. I love that because, remember I said, when, when we put our mission statement in Port Austin and beyond, I was thinking like the world. And when we were studying Ephesians, I'm like, well, not just the world. Because the cosmic authorities, like spiritual beings, are watching what God is doing in the church. And their minds are just blown by it. We saw that in First Peter too. Angels are just longing to look into these things. Like, man, he saved another one. Look what he's doing. Look what he's doing down there. I mean, imagine the, how much the angels just went nuts when God became flesh. Right? Like, wow. Like, he, he became one of them. Now he's walking with them. And man, why didn't he kill that guy? That guy was really annoying. Like, like they're, just, they're just seeing what God is doing in the church and they're just loving it. And then in chapter 4, we see that, well, actually, I skipped over the end of chapter 3. I just want to remind you of this too. We see this prayer of Paul that, man, it's so powerful. It's a prayer for spiritual strength that we would be able to grasp these gospel truths and understand the limitless love that Christ has for us. And so here's the thing. Chapters 1 through 3 are all gospel truths, gospel realities, reminding us who you really are. You're not just an American living in this time um, that has a specific political view about this, this certain situation. Um, and you're, you're more than that. You're a child of God. You have good works. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. You've been swept up into his story. And he wants you to display his glory where you live, work, and play. I mean, that's what Paul is doing in 1 through 3. And so in, verse, or in chapter 4, verse 1, he's going to open all of this up by saying, Therefore... In light of all these amazing gospel truths, therefore, here's how you should live. And this is an important Christian principle, that truth must lead to action. Truth must be understood with our heads, believed in our hearts, and then obeyed with our hands. And so in chapter 4, we see Paul saying, okay, now here's how you ought to live in light of that. And in 4 through 6, he's going to tell us how to live. And as I was praying about this, um, we preached through this. So I've already preached this passage before to you. But God was just leading me right here and saying, in 2021, here's what we need to remember. No matter what happens, you know what we need to do? In light of our calling, we need to walk worthy. There's going to be a lot going on this year still, right? There's a lot going on with politics still. 
There's a lot going on with vaccines and COVID. And now they're talking about some other strand. And, and some of you think it's a hoax. And some of you are really afraid. And, and there's just a lot of things happening. And I, I think we're, we'd be really, really foolish to think 2021, whew, glad that's over. Like, what do you mean? Like, we don't know what's next. And so here's what we need to do. Remember our calling. Remember the story we've been swept up into, the true story. And then live a worthy life in light of that. Walk worthy and do it one day at a time in 2021. And so I want to walk through this with you. Again, he tells us here in verses 1 through 6 what to do, which is walk worthy of our calling. He tells us how to do it with humility, gentleness, patience, and love. And finally, he tells us why to do it in order to maintain gospel unity in the body of Christ. And that's really the overarching theme of this, which is unity. And I think as I was thinking about patience and I was thinking about it in your, in your own lives, like individually, but also in our church, because a lot of us are going to have different views um, of the past and going forward in the present. And so I think we need patience and gentleness and unity. And you can see this theme. He says there's one body, which is Christ. There's one spirit, the Holy Spirit, one hope, salvation and the new creation, one Lord, Jesus, one faith, the gospel, one baptism, which is our burial into Christ by the spirit. And symbolized by water, and then one God and Father of all. Seven times in three verses, Paul refers to our oneness or our unity. And notice, our unity is not in gender, it's not in race, it's not in socioeconomic status, it's not in political views or opinions about vaccines or COVID 19. Our unity is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And notice in verse three, he says that we should be eager to maintain. The unity of the spirit. We don't create this unity. God created it. We just work alongside him to maintain it. Similar to an orchestra where everyone's kind of tuning their instruments to that one note before the performance. We want to tune our lives to Christ so that there's a gospel unity within this community. So the what is walking worthy. The why is gospel unity. And for the next few minutes, I want to look at the how by unpacking those four things. And first, I want to look at walk with humility. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility. What is humility? Here's a definition for you. The disposition of valuing or assessing oneself appropriately, especially in light of one's sinfulness or creatureliness. I like those two categories. That first of all, you're a creature, which means that you are not God. <laughs> You were created, and it means that everything that you have, you're dependent on God for. Okay, and I've talked about this before. Um, there's, there's a dog theology out there, and then there's a cat theology out there. And some of you have cat theology, where if you have a cat, you know they're from the devil. And basically, I'm um, joking, but basically when you get home, your cat doesn't usually run to the door and like wag its tail and say, I'm so happy you're here. Like your cat's like, oh, you're here, feed me, pet me. Right? Like, hey, I need a taller thing to climb on and a nicer post to scratch. Like, cats are just, they, they just see you as, as like a commodity that's going to help them live their life. For cats, they are the center of the world. But a dog, when you come home, a good dog, they're going to run to the door. They're wagging, they're barking, they're so excited. And, and they look at you and they say, you feed me and you, you, make, you give me shelter and you pet me. You must be God. Right? Like, so I'm going to worship you. And, and some of you have a cat theology where you think, man, God gives us oxygen and food and he gives us a place to live. And so I must be God. He's just kind of helping me out. Right. He's just kind of a, a bellboy upstairs that I asked for help from. And he's like, nah, man, <laughs> like I made you. Don't forget that. 
We should be more like a dog that remembers that we're completely dependent on God for everything. Right? We're a creature. We have limited knowledge, limited resources, limited abilities, and a lot of blind spots. Right? How many times have you looked at someone and thought, man, like, they got this thing about them that's just, it's great. How do they not see that? Like, whatever it is. I'm not, I don't want to throw in a, an example. Just, you know what I'm talking about. You look at someone, you're like, why are they that way? Right? Like, how could they be that way? And it's probably a blind spot in their life, which should remind you, you probably got blind spots in your life. And people probably look at you and think the same thing in some ways. Right? So first of all, you're a creature. That should make you humble. Secondly, you're a sinner, which means apart from God's grace in Christ, you deserve wrath, hell, and condemnation. Okay? It's, it's an accurate view of yourself that you are weak, you are limited, and the only thing that you have ever earned in your life is hell. That's encouraging to start the new year out, right? But I say that because it's only in maintaining this appropriate assessment of ourselves that we can treat others appropriately. So let me give you an example. A lot of you are looking at COVID-19 and you're thinking, man, the vaccine is the answer. That's the answer. It's going to solve all our problems. It's going to fix everything. It's, the vaccine is awesome. And that's your opinion. And then there's other people that are like, the vaccine is the mark of the beast, right? Like, I mean, that's an extreme. And if you think it's the mark of the beast, it's not. We'll talk later. But okay, that's an extreme. But, but you've got extremes. Like, the, the vaccine is, is like Satan's way of controlling the world. And like, Christians shouldn't do that at all. And can I just say that, that those are opinions from creatures who are weak and limited, Okay? We don't have all the answers. I don't think any of us were there when they kind of designed the little vaccine and, and, and put it all together. You can have your opinion, but you should hold it with some humility. Right? We're creatures. We've been called into God's story, and he wants me to walk with humility. We don't have all the facts. We, we don't know with certainty, and we, we shouldn't boast as if we do. And listen, we shouldn't treat others like they're absolutely foolish because they don't hold our opinion. You know, it's really frustrating for me as a pastor um, in reminding us that this church is an outpost of the kingdom of God to see people get so caught up in these opinions and these theories that they start just lashing out at people with a different view and forgetting about the gospel. Right? Like, what, what is the most important thing we should be about as Christians? The gospel. Not a political party. Not a view on the vaccine. Right? And sometimes we can be so arrogant and so bold and, and, and whatever it is we're talking about that we lose credibility with unbelievers in our lives when it comes to the gospel. It's so a you voted for that guy and you're going to tell me to believe in Jesus? No way. And I'm not saying you shouldn't share your opinions about things. It's fine. But would you do it with humility? Would you walk with humility? Would you remember you're a creature and a sinner and you're limited and you're weak? And only God knows. And can you remember again that whoever gets elected, God's in control. He raises up kings. He takes away kings. He gives kingdoms. And he takes away kingdoms. And he does it all for his purposes. And when you look at history, the church has always thrived under persecution. It's always gone mellow and flat and weak when there's prosperity and comfort. And so let's walk with humility. Let's keep an accurate view of ourselves. Let's boast only about one thing, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. Walk with humility. Number two, walk with gentleness. What is gentleness? Here's a definition. Acting in a manner that is gentle, mild, and even-tempered. A good way to illustrate this is the way you would handle a very valuable box of expensive items. 
Okay, you, you wouldn't grab that and just kind of toss it on the ground like you're going to hold that with a very gentle way. Um, and the same is true as we interact with others in our church. We handle them with consideration, with care, with gentleness. And, and again, I want to just make this really applicable. Okay, um, face masks, right? Some of you think face masks are essential and some of you think they're stupid. But guess what? Rather than treating one another harshly, Keep humility in mind and be gentle, right? And, and that's, that's why I'm always saying face masks are welcome here. Please wear face masks. But I'm not going to force face masks on people, okay? That's why we're social distance. We're not going to hold an opinion here as a church. I have my own opinions. If you want to know, we can talk later. I'm not going to bring them into the pulpit. But I'm just saying, can we just be gentle? Can we just be, like, are any of us scientists here? Probably not. So let's just be gentle. Let's be humble and let's be gentle, especially with each other. Man, before we ever think, okay, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, we should think, or I'm a Libertarian, don't want to leave them out, or I'm a, I don't vote for anyone, this whole country is going to hell in a handbasket. Like, wherever you fall, like, you should just remember, we're children of God. Man, especially with Christians. When, when Christians are attacking each other in public or on social media, what does that look like? And we call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. What does that look like to the unbelieving world? Can we just be gentle? And man, wouldn't it be awesome if we were even more gentle, even especially gentle with the unbelievers in our life, knowing that we may have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. So let's treat them with gentleness. Let's walk worthy of our calling. The God who called us before eternity, he, he chose us and then he called us and he swept us into the story and he's got good works prepared for you to do today. And it's probably not to go on a political rant with your unbelieving coworker. It's probably to be kind to them and gentle to them and humble with them and share the gospel with them. Okay, so let's walk with gentleness. Next, walk with patience. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling with all humility and gentleness with patience. Patience is the endurance of pain or unhappiness. Jerry Bridges um, categorizes patience in three ways. He says, one, it's the ability to suffer mistreatment. Two, it's the ability to control anger. And three, it's the ability to forgive the shortcomings of others. I think that's really helpful categories as we go into this 2021 season and we don't really know what's going to happen. To just remember, again, whatever happens, we should be patient. Be willing to suffer mistreatment. Be willing to control your anger. Be willing to forgive the shortcomings of others. Even when you look at them and you think, man, like they just are completely blind to reality, right? I've had that. I've seen a post and I'm like, are you, are you serious? Like, is two plus two four? Like, can you answer that for me? Like, we, I have those feelings too, right? But can we just be patient? Aren't you glad that God is patient with you? That he suffers mistreatment? that he controls his anger, that he forgives your shortcomings, and so much more. Because God has been patient with us, we ought to be patient with others. You know, as a new church, um, we're all at different stages in our walk with Jesus. Some of us are brand new at this. Some of us have been doing this for a long time. Some of us have a lot of baggage. Some of us don't have a lot of baggage. But just know that people um, can really mess things up when they get together. Ministry is like really, really easy except for the people, right? Like pe people just really like mess things up, okay? Because everybody's bringing their own view, their own baggage, their own 
things to things. And, and as Christians, we need to be patient with one another. We just really need to pray for supernatural patience with one another. So, can I just say some Christians in our gathering have different political views um, than you do. And you may think, that's, but that's a biblical issue. Like, this is biblical, and I need to make this, this is a biblical, and guess what? There are some issues in politics that are biblical. There are, okay? Abortion is a sin. It's murder, okay? We're not going to hide like, and pretend like it's not. And, and, and it's frustrating to me that, that, that people from both sides are shouting, listen to the science, and I'm like, look at the video monitor of a needle pushing into a baby and it recoiling in the womb and tell me that doesn't feel pain? Tell me that's not murder? And listen, I know that, that some of you have maybe backgrounds where you know someone who's experienced that or maybe you've partaken in that and there's grace for that. There's forgiveness for that. I think of the woman caught in adultery. What does Jesus say? Hey, you're forgiven. Go and sin no more. But let's not pretend like abortion's not murder. That's ridiculous. But anyways, okay, some of you take a view that maybe isn't super, super clear in scripture. And you just want to use that as a hammer to beat someone else over the head. Can I just say be patient because there's people in here who've been saved for like a month. Okay, there's people in our church that have not been Christians for very long and they are baby Christians and they need some of you who are older and more mature to be patient with them, to give them grace and space as they grow in the Christian life. Lastly, walk with love. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. To bear with means to endure something unpleasant or difficult on one's own behalf or on behalf of someone else. So we bear with it. We deal with something unpleasant and we do it because of love. I love this quote from one of my commentaries. He says, love is faithful and benevolent, self-giving to a person. In the Bible, love is the central attribute of God, the primary fruit of the followers of God, and the defining characteristic of the kingdom of God announced in Jesus. Love God, love others, right? That's the whole law. Man, if there's anything we should walk with in 2021, we should walk with love. And I think this kind of is a foundation for the others. If, if we love God and we love our neighbor as ourselves, we're going to be patient. We're going to be gentle. We're going to be humble. And, and I just want you to think, like, if God says love your neighbor as yourself, would you not want someone to give you patience, give you gentleness, to be humble around you? Nobody likes an arrogant person, Right? Let's not be arrogant. Let's be humble. And, and, and I think all of this, the foundation of it is love. God's love for us, our love for him, and that love spilling out towards one another. The extreme example of love was on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And not just love, but all of these attributes. I want you to think about this. Jesus was humble and that he took the form of a servant and died the death of a cross. Sometimes we, we try to like, patch it over and make it not as bad, but it's very likely he was naked on that cross. Completely and and full of shame. I mean, bleeding. You couldn't even recognize him. Just beaten and nailed to a cross, naked in front of the very people that he made. And, And at any moment, he could have been done with it. Right? Like at any moment, he could have just said, not doing it. I'm not doing it. Now I know he's bound in a way by his attributes, but think about that. He had the power to make it end. If you're in pain and you have the ability to stop the pain, wouldn't you take that opportunity? He had legions of angels just there ready at his beckoning call. 
And, and yet he was humble enough to just take that shame for us. To, to take the form of a servant, to wash the feet of his disciples, to be nailed to a cross and die the death that is the worst of all deaths. Jesus was humble. Not only that, Jesus was gentle. And that he considered us valuable enough to not treat us with harshness, but to treat us with great care and consideration and to purchase us with his own blood. Talk about viewing us with value. I mean, what? Talk about being gentle. Jesus was patient and that he suffered mistreatment from us and forgave our sins. And how patient is God on a daily basis for us? Man, I'm so thankful his mercies are new every morning. They're new every moment. Not only that, Jesus was loving and that he sacrificed everything for us. So here's where we bring this all down. We're gentle because he was gentle with us, right? We're patient with one another because he was patient with us. And we love because he first loved us. This is the key to all of these attributes that we saturate our hearts and minds with the character of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. And we ask the spirit to empower us and then simply trust and obey. Right? Like, I'm not telling you to make a list of these four things and, like, by grit, go out and make it happen. Like, you need God to do this. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. Right? Especially when you see that crazy post today. Like, you're just going to want to flip a gasket when you see that. God, give me patience. <laughs> give me humility. Help me to be gentle. Help me to be loving. Remember my calling. Remember that I'm part of a bigger story, a bigger kingdom. I'm citizens of heaven. Right? Let's remember those things. We saturate our hearts and minds in the character of God, the cross of Christ. We ask the Spirit to empower us, and then we obey. We walk with humility. We walk with gentleness. We walk with patience and with love. Why should we walk this way again? Because God in Christ is reconciling all things to himself and ushering us into his kingdom, a kingdom shaped by unity, love, and reconciliation. He has called us, as I remind you often, to reveal his glory to us and then to display his glory through us. We exist to spread a passion for the glory of Jesus in Port Austin and beyond. But the only way that's going to happen is with gospel unity, with humility, with gentleness, with patience, with love. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And I'll just say that if 2020 was divisive, I think we're walking into some really divisive waters here. And, and as Christians, we've got to stick together and remember where our unity lies and it's the cross of Jesus Christ that all of us, all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners in need of grace and all of us who are children of God have been bought by the blood of Christ by grace alone. We didn't earn it. There shouldn't be any swagger with the Christian life. We must remember our common ground, one Lord, one faith, one baptism and walk in humility gentleness, patience, and love. So as we close, walk worthy in 2021. It's pretty simple. Impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. But it's not some mind-blowing truth. Oh, wow, blew us away today. It's just walk worthy. And you know how this happens? Every day, one day at a time. Wake up tomorrow. God, would you help me walk worthy today? Maybe in the middle of the day, God, would you help me walk worthy this afternoon? <laughs> this morning was pretty rough. <laughs> 
Tomorrow, wake up. God, help me walk worthy. Do it one step at a time through 2021 for the glory of Jesus. Imagine if we did this. Imagine if this group here and those who are watching just decide, you know, I'm going to take those four things. I'm just going to ask God to just do a supernatural work. I'm going to walk with humility and gentleness and patience and love and display the glory of Jesus. What an awesome reality. Walk worthy in 2021.